Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. I Seem Fun, the Diary of Jen Kirkman podcast, episode 231. Now, this one is a very special mish to the mosh of different things. I've been uh, trying to record episodes in advance that I can bank in case something happens where I'm like, oh, I can't record this week. And I sort of did that, but I had to put it all together. And so this one's kind of fun. I'm in studio for some of it, chatting, then answering some listener emails. Then I'm live on stage telling a new story that is a very much a podcast story about losing my wallet at an airport and then having to deal with doing the trash wrong at my Airbnb. And um, I think you'll have a great time. Now, this is how it goes. Um, the the episode will, um, well, I think you understand what an episode is. I think we're just going to, we're just going to barrel ahead with it. But I do want to tell you that I need you guys to come to my show at Bloomington, Indiana's Comedy Attic. Again, I know you want me to come everywhere all over the world. But I am working writing jobs this year, so this is not a touring year. I took some club dates, and I decided to honor them instead of fully canceling them. But um, So I am in Bloomington, Indiana, and then I am in Burlington, Vermont. Now, Burlington, Vermont's in October. We don't have to stress about that yet, but tickets are on sale if you want to get them early. But the Comedy Attic in Bloomington, Indiana. Now, I've been playing there for years. I've almost... I think I've almost sold out every time. Don't embarrass the old lady. I, nothing worse than getting better at your craft and then having less people come as you get older. It's like, I'm just going to say it's downright terrifying. So if you live in Indianapolis, if you live anywhere near, please come. And you're actually supporting one of the best run comedy clubs in the business. The ticket prices are fair. 
The, the quality of the comedians is amazing. It's very inclusive of all different types of people. It's not just like white guy, white guy, white guy every week. And it's such a lovely little town. Um, and uh, I really want you to support the Comedy Attic because I want more clubs like that. And the more people go to clubs like that, the less they will have tolerance for the way some other clubs are run. And those other clubs are going to have to change the way they do things. So I really encourage you, I wouldn't go there if it wasn't, you know, I'm not, I'm not someone who likes to waste her time. So I don't play places that I don't believe in. And, um, I want you to give them and me your money. So I think you'll love it. I am selling merchandise after personally, uh, books and posters and tote bags and bumper stickers and just all kinds of fun things. Maybe if I find a penny on the ground, I'll sell that to you too for five bucks. So we're going to have a good time. It's material you have not seen on any of my Netflix specials. It's all new to you. And it's even, I even have, last year I went on this all new material tour and I even have some new material since that material. So, I mean, there's just so much to choose from. We're going to have a great time. One of the local businesses has already offered to give me a, a hair blowout for free. So my hair is going to look fantastic. But I really want to emphasize again that I do Netflix because, of course, it's prestigious. The paycheck is great. But the paycheck doesn't last my whole life. It's not like they gave me $40 million. I do it so that I can be exposed so that you guys can find out about me and come see me. Live performing is what I want to do for a living. So this whole notion of like, I don't feel like going out, never tell me that. There's never a time that it feels good to hear that one less person isn't going to support you in your life's work that night. Of course, you can't always make it out, but really and seriously, live comedy is my favorite thing to do. And we do all that other stuff in order to support it. And so that is where I would love for you to spend your time that weekend. May 10th, 11th, and 12th, I'm doing five shows. There's early and late ones every night, except for Thursday. There's only one early show. You get yourself to bed Thursday night and get to work on Friday, Mr. and Mrs. And so, yeah. I can't emphasize enough, and if you have a friend that you think would like my comedy, bring them along. And if you have a friend that does like my comedy, but they don't listen to my podcast, please do tell them about it. And if you have purchased tickets, would you please tweet about it and at me and use hashtag... Um, let's think of a good hashtag for this one. How about JK... JK Comedy Attic. I mean, why not? JK, C-O-M-E-D-Y-A-T-T-I-C. JK Comedy Attic. And um, get it going. I really want to start like getting, you know, some buzz and momentum. Um, all right. Well, enjoy um, this week's episode. I see the fun. seem fun the diary of jen kirkman podcast this is a special listener email episode meaning all content comes from you people you people the listeners um so let's just begin 
how does that sound? What are people going to be wanting to know? Um, oh, a long time ago, last year even, there was, um, there was a uh, woman who wrote in that when she gets anxious, she sleeps with a stuffed animal on top of her head, and I thought that was delightful. I want to say this is well over a year ago. So another listener says, shout out to the listener who wrote a long time ago about sleeping with a stuffed animal on her head. A few days ago, I bought myself a stuffed animal, fuzzy pink rabbit, and I thought of that delightful woman. So there you go, everybody. It seems as though all the I seem funners are putting stuffed animals on their head because the world has only gotten crazier and crazier. And I feel like that might be the only thing that we can do. So let's get some business out of the way first. Everybody, this is I Seem Fun, the Diary of Jen Kirkman podcast. Follow us, me, meaning me, at I Seem Fun podcast on Twitter, facebook.com slash I Seem Fun podcast. I am part of the All Things Comedy Network. Go to allthingscomedy.com and listen to the other great podcasts on that network. That's where you can go to hear podcasts for other comedians about everything from history to people's personal lives to sports. You'll love it. And check me out. I will be doing a couple of dates. Uh, Let's see. Vermont Comedy Club, October 10th, 11th, and 12th, I believe. It's like around those days. And uh, Bloomington, Indiana, Indiana, that is, at the Comedy Attic. I will not be anywhere else in Indiana this year or anywhere else near Vermont. So I would recommend if you want to see me, that's where you're going to see me. And I will personally be selling merchandise after each and every show unless something goes horribly wrong, like I lose my voice or something like that. I don't know her. Going to look her up. Don't know which one she was. Has she done a lot of TV? Okay, sorry, I'm texting with my agent. All right. So I think that's it. Oh, London. I'll be there June 22nd. All righty. All of this is on my website, njenkirkman.com. Kirkman? Kirkman. People hear a Valley Girl accent in their head when I talk. I say, now, what's your last name? Kirkman. K-A, no, I didn't say Kirkman. K-I-R. First of all, there's Robert Kirkman, the the Walking Dead. No, Walking Dead? He's Walking Dead? It's Robert Kirkman. So that's like a name in the zeitgeist now. And then President Kirkman on that show with Kiefer Sutherland. So you'd think people are like hearing the name Kirkman now and wouldn't ask me. So we'll see. Um... And I'm okay with that. Okay. Uh, let me look this up. Uh, hang on one second, everybody. Look it. I have text to do. The Kiefer Sutherland show is designated survivor. Oh, thank you. See, there you go. Fill the, fill the void. Fill the so, void. <laughs> um, is that still on the air? It is. Well, we don't know when this episode's going to air. I mean, it's going to air in the, within the next couple of months, but um, I'm assuming it'll still be on the air then. I like hearing President Kirkman. I think that sounds great. Now, I do not want to be president, but I would like to tell everyone what to do, but only for their benefit, not like in a bad way. But I guess everybody thinks they're doing things for people's benefit. So, yeah, prohibition you know. was one of those things. That's absolutely true. Oh, I read an interesting thing on prohibition once. Oh, I know what it was is I was going to do a drunk history on Prohibition, and they had sent me all the materials, and I wasn't feeling right. I was like, Derek, I don't want to do another one this year. I love you, but every year you say 
you know, oh, there'll probably only be one year, more year of the show and every year they keep renewing it. And I cannot drink like that. Like, like it's just my schedule and my life are changing and they film it at a certain day at a certain time. And you have to know, okay, well, the next day can't be a day I'm getting on a plane and going on tour. And it was always a situation like that where it's like, I just can't be hung over. And um, he's like, well, let me just send you the material, see if there's anything you like. And one of them was about prohibition. And it was something about that, like, wives were really behind it because mm-hmm. of they drunk husbands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I thought that was kind of fun. But uh, I didn't do it, as you know. Yeah. Because I... Someone else did, I some, believe. Oh, they did. Yeah, yeah. Well, God bless them in their hangover. <laughs> I, hope, I, hope they, I hope they were not too hungover. Um, There's I, also, a, a, sorry, a yeah. very famous dollop uh, about Carrie A. Nation, who was a, a big prohibitionist. And she would walk into bars with an axe. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, and she was like a six-foot, 200-something-pound woman. The Dollop Podcast also mm-hmm. on allthingscomedy.com. Yeah, I see. I love that. Like there's sort of a feminist bent to it, but they're wrong. Yeah. But it's just sort of like that's sort of my favorite part about ladies in history is like if we want true equality, we have to embrace – well, not that we're not willing to, but like every time a woman does something and is in the public eye for it and is revolutionary doesn't mean she was on the right side of things. And uh, it's pretty awesome when there's like badass women who are perhaps – well, not that it's wrong to not want to want people to not drink, but it's just I guess you're taking away their choice. Is yeah, really what just, the issue is. It just didn't work. Mm-hmm. Well, it basically created the mob. In many ways. Oh, so that's what that's what it's all about is a, the reaction. Yeah. I would like prohibition at comedy clubs. I would like to have an axe on stage and be like, "Can you all just sit here without drinking like a bunch of animals?" Because. I don't like the uh, chit chat that goes on. Once people start drinking, they don't know how loud they are. So I don't know. Maybe there's maybe there's a middle ground (coughs) to drink maximum. Thank you. All right. Miss Kirkman. I wanted to tell you that I really like the bit, the bit when you talked about having panic attacks. I hate having panic attacks, but I feel the same way about coming back afterward. I thought I was the only one who looked at the horizon and started panicking. I was looking out of a building waiting for my class to open up, and I looked out at the horizon, and I felt like the horizon was going to fall over. I just remember panicking, and people were looking at me breathing and I shaking. Well, you were breathing and shaking. That would be great if you have a panic attack and it leads other people around you to breathe and shake. It is really comforting to hear about other people going through the same thing. I also want to say that I love listening to your podcast. When I'm driving between home and school, it makes the six-hour drive seem shorter and makes the IH35 less annoying. What the fuck? Six hour? Is that every day? I can't imagine. Do you drive every day for six hours to go to school? Because do we really need that much education? So that's not really a question so much as, okay. Um, oh yeah, there had been some talk of an I Seem Fun book club. Now, I don't remember how this would work because it's something I said off the top of my head, but like maybe people, oh, somebody asked me if I could recommend a book about something. And I think it was about like embracing, like not being married and not having kids. And I was like, well, I wrote a book on it and it's really not about embracing that so much as it's embracing whatever phase of life you're in and everything is impermanent anyway. So it's not like my goal is to, well, I really do not want to have my own children, but, um, but, but it's not like my goal in life is to be unmarried. I just happen to be divorced. You know, like I enjoy a relationship. I, I, there's no commitment to any way of being. 
And that's kind of what my point always is, is that you just let your life flow and change. And I, so I said to that person, I don't really have any books to recommend about that topic because I don't gravitate toward books about that topic. And then I said, well, maybe there, I could put that out there to the listeners and they could tell me if they know any books about that topic. And so I think that's what the I Seem Fun Book Club was, is like you write to me wanting recommendations of books people have read about certain subjects you're interested in. And people would write me and give me like some suggestions and I'd read it out loud and we'd all be sharing information and think that's how it would work. I seem fun podcast at gmail.com. So far, I've only gotten one email and this woman says, um, I listen every week. And so I especially like the idea of a book club. Maybe it's because I'm 35 divorced with most of my, most of my closest friends being married, some with kids. I'm kind of starting over, but lacking a lot in confidence. I will tell you one thing you spelled a lot wrong. It's two separate words, not a lot, a L O T it's a, and then lot separate words. So uh, one way to be very confident is make sure that your spelling is correct. I thought she was saying, I'm 35 with most of my teeth. I don't know why. I thought you she, thought that was going to be the I next she was line? Going there. <laughs> um, I assume she has most of her teeth. But if, if it was someone saying that, I'd be like, um, maybe don't brag about that. I mean, a book's a great way to hide your smile. <laughs> you just hold it up in front of your face? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm assuming she has most of her teeth. And, and listen, now you've offended the listeners without teeth. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um, I the, listen, everyone's offended. Uh, I think part of what draws me to you is that very who cares type approach, which I think I need to work on having myself. You can work on it. And as you get older, it just comes to you. Listening to your shows, podcasts, and reading your books has helped inspire me to get out of this funk. Wait, I, this is turning into compliments. That's not what I want. For a while, I felt lonely. She spelled a while is two separate words, not a while. It's a while. It's the article is a meaning one of, okay. So, or not one of, but like, uh, a single, please, a lot in a while or, or two words, people. Um, I felt lonely wondering what to do with my weekends as a single person. I work during the week, so that occupies a lot of my time. I love live music, traveling, and finding new restaurants to try, but I haven't found the courage or confidence to do it alone yet. Find it before you dead, honey. Picture yourself, this is what I was saying, picture yourself with every limb broken, and you're in a hospital bed, and you can't move, and you can't speak but you can only think. And now go tell that person in the hospital bed, well, I have all my limbs and I can think and I can speak. Um, I'm afraid to go to a restaurant alone. Tell that person. You know what I'm saying? Picture yourself doing that. Nobody cares that much about you, you guys. Nobody's looking at you sitting there alone doing things. And if they are, then they are the biggest weirdos that ever existed. Does that make sense? Okay, great. Because That means that they're on a date or they're with friends and family and they're not alone and they're looking at you going, oh my God, look at that person alone. It's like, well, then you obviously have the shittiest date or friends and family because you're not even engaged with them. You're busy looking at me. Guys, you can solve that. I I don't know how to get you guys past like deep-seated anxieties, but at a certain point, at a certain point, a little bit of it is just fucking get your ass in gear and go, I'm, I have to go do this. I don't, you're not going to work up the courage and confidence for certain things. You're going to go do the thing while having zero confidence and courage. And that's how you work it up by doing it. I didn't get over my fear flying by sitting around working up the courage. I had to fly terrified a lot for many years until I did the thing so many times that that's what gave me the courage and confidence. I had a wealth of experiences of going, Oh my God, look at me. I've done this X many times. So that's how you do it, guys. You actually get off your butts and you do it. 
I hope I don't sound like I'm yelling. You know what this is? This is because I'm standing and the passion comes out more when I'm standing and I'm getting some steps in as well. Anyway, let's see what, what she's getting to here. Um, I w- you went to Christmas by yourself and it inspired me. So I signed up to volunteer for game nights at a senior citizen home. Baby steps. Oh, that's amazing. You're a way better person than me. So I feel like at least I'm helping other people with my free time on the weekend. That's fucking awesome. Would you write us back? Um, she came to see me at Caroline's. Write us back. Um, and, and I'm not going to say your name cause you didn't say if I could or not. And it, it is signed here. Let me know how that went, how it is going game night at the old people's home. And what is the address I'd like to join in that game night? It sounds super fucking fun. Okay. So she didn't say anything about the book club, but I thought people, I, I don't know if you guys want to start a book club, fucking do it. Um, okay. Paranormal stuff. The first stand-up of yours I ever heard was the bit about your old haunted house. I find that kind of stuff so fascinating. Well, it's just a one joke I have where my mother yells at my dad for not putting, putting one shade up and leaving the other one down going, Ronnie, it looks like a haunted house in here. That's, that's what she's saying. I did grow up in a haunted house, but I don't think I ever did stand-up about it. Um, just wondering, do you have any other paranormal stories to tell? Any experiences outside your childhood home? I really enjoyed the old episode where you talked about ghosts. The thing about the journal and the walls of your house is really cool. And I listened to your Bigfoot Collectors Club episode. Um, yeah, that's a podcast that I was on uh, where I talked about having dreams about my grandmother and I didn't know she was dead and she came to me in the dream. Uh, my cousin's house was haunted by a woman who committed suicide in the basement in the 60s. Would be happy to write back with the full story if you're interested, um, that might scare me too much, to be honest with you. Um, there's a lot of questions here, so I'm just going to listen that one, the paranormal. Well, here's a weird one, and this is going to sound religious because it is, but when my sister, who, um, my oldest sister, Linda, she... Um, took a picture of lightning... She was trying to capture a photo of lightning. And this was in the 80s. It was like 80, probably 80 on the dot because I was six, five or six. Actually, it might have been 78, 79. So whatever, you know, cameras were around then. She took a picture of, of lightning and what came back was the shape. It looked like, you know, those like weird old, um, those weird old, like, I don't even know. They're like drawings of Jesus, like the profile and he's holding a lamb. It was that. It was that shape of like a man holding a lamb. It was fucking weird. It was just strange. It was like Elvis in a pancake or whatever that kind of thing is. But it was enough of it to be like, that's freaky. We were all fucking freaked out. Um, So I don't know. Is that paranormal? Who fucking knows? My dad claims he was abducted by aliens. This worries me about him. Um, He says he talks about it all the time. He He was driving and he's never been a drug guy. He's not a 60s guy he was already you know married with kids in the 60s and well into his 30s i think but he was uh driving in um vermont and he lost track of time and he woke up on the side of the road and he felt like he was abducted now i think he maybe fell asleep but he always said there was some weird sensation and like listen i don't know i don't know i don't know i also just i worry about people from his generation and like what kind of things they could be repressing and they come up in other ways where you think you've been abducted by an alien. So, but I've always grown up in a family where that kind of stuff was not ridiculed. My oldest sister used to tell me that she saw the piano playing by itself one night. Now then again, my sisters, when they were growing up, they had kittens 
So it's like maybe the kittens were running on the piano. You know, I don't know. But there was always this sense of mystery and haunted house stuff. And we would visit my aunt and uncle, Paul and Karen, and my cousins, Justin and Eric, like every year at the holidays. They were my mom's brother. It's my mom's brother, that side of the family. And they had this giant giraffe. I, I feel like they also had this giant giraffe on Three's Company. I'm like picturing it in my head. It was like a giant stuffed giraffe, like tall, as tall as a person. And it was in their bedroom. And every so often, Uncle Paul would be like, the giraffe turned around on its own. He'd like come back upstairs and it would be turned around. I'm like, well, one of you could have done that. And he's like, no, I swear. You know, I don't know. There's always stuff like that. And their house was haunted by a woman named Teresa Wilton. They'd done all this research because enough weird stuff was happening. And I do get my vibes. I do feel weird vibes in certain places. I'm like, oh, weird. Something's going on here. But I don't know. My whole life, it was like, my dad loves to tell this story. I don't, it's like, I always forget. It's like a friend of a friend or my uncle was in the war or someone did something and they went to area 51 and they were outside smoking a cigarette or something like that. And the tarp blew off a truck and he saw things he is not allowed to say he saw. And he got taken aside by a guard saying, if you ever say anything about what you saw, you're dead or whatever. So look, I don't, these are all vague stories, but these are the things that swirled around in my head growing up. And it was like, of course there were ghosts. And my mother would be like, back in the 1800s, and our house is from the 1800s, they would have wakes in the living room. So they would be bodies in the house. I'm like, well, why are you telling me this? So there was always a sense of something. Um, I do remember this really scary night. I was in bed and I heard what sounded like Somebody opening all of the cabinets, taking all the pots and pans and banging and clanging them. And it was only me. My sisters were, I was about nine. My sisters were 19 and 25, both living out of state and out of town. And um, we had an old cat who was basically like half dead, mittens, <laughs> who would all sleep in my room. So there was no one, no animal or no thing. And uh, it was really loud and it woke me up. And it scared me. And it wasn't a windy night or it was just, I was convinced we have been broken into. And my Nana, who lived an hour away, used to keep extra cash wrapped in tinfoil so that it looked like a sandwich in the bottom drawer of her stove where the pots and pans were. So that if you ever opened it up and you saw this thing of tinfoil, it would almost look like the lining of a pot and pan and you would probably not open it. So I was in my head thinking, burglars must know that people do that with their money. So I bet a burglar came in and rifled through all the pots and pans. Um, that's all I could think of. And I was really scared. And I heard my dad and mom whispering. And I heard my mom going, get the bat, get the bat. My dad must have had a bat, like a baseball bat in, the, in their closet. And he's like, you call 911. You call 911. And, you know, back then with the dial phone. So she's like got 9-1 on the dial. And he's going downstairs. He's like, hello? Hello? And I am shitting myself. And no one's waking me up, by the way. I don't know what the protocol would be. Just assume I'm sleeping. But um, all the noise stopped when he got downstairs. And he went all through the house. I mean, it's a small house. Again, that was the other thing is like, we lived in an affluent town, but our house was the little tiny house on the golf course that was for the greenskeeper. So even if you were driving down my street, 
you wouldn't rob our house. You'd rob like the super nice ones, like two doors down. So it was really weird. And then he just came back upstairs like, um, and I was like, dad, dad. And I was like, what was it? He's like, I think it was a ghost, Jen. Like as if that's less scary than a robber. But that was the only weird thing. I mean, the only other thing I can think of is, was there like a muskrat that got loose in the house? I mean, I, I don't fucking know. I was say raccoon. Raccoon, maybe. Yeah. But there was never any, anything after that. Yeah. Like, no. Well, he saw Ronnie Kirkman with the bat. Yes, he did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. It was so strange. I mean, in my mind, it's always like probably a rat or something that comes in the walls or comes out. But the, the fact that it was that loud was crazy. But if it was a ghost, um, that ghost only came around one time. Again, scared of the bat. And there's other paranormal things like, um, but I told the story in another podcast, but uh, about when my grandmother died. So I won't bore y'all with that. But um, all right, let's see. Jen. Oh, these are just a lot of people wrote to thank me for sharing my Instagram stories about going to New York by myself. Yes, this is a few years late. Um, what else? Uh, oh, remember? Okay. Episode 135 or so, I talked about sitting on a plane with a guy who started talking to me about how he was getting engaged when he got off the flight. And it was like revealed. I mean, we were in first class. I got a weird upgrade, but it was like this whole thing of like, it would, he was going to get off the flight and have this whole, he had like rented out this part of Griffith Park, which you're not really able to rent out. And he was clearly very rich and he was showing me pictures of his girlfriend, but he was showing me her Instagram. It was very strange. He wasn't showing me pictures in his phone. So I was like, is this guy just bullshitting me? He told this whole story. And then it's not like he was trying to hit on me. Like we didn't talk the rest of the flight. And then when we got off the plane, it was like, he'd never talked to me before. It was like a complete stranger. I was like, good luck with the engagement. And he just didn't answer me. And I saw him again at baggage claim. And I said the same thing. And it was a really surreal thing, but that's somebody said it's about episode 135. So I asked people what they thought went on. Um, Listened through episode 135 or so and just started listening again with the current and random titles from the myth. Okay. Did you ever hear about that guy with the wedding engagement story on the long flight in July? The episode was I Don't Own a TV. Okay, so that's the name of the episode. I've never gotten into it deep with a stranger before, but I know I've had enough contact with someone that I was floored when seeing them again and they look at me like I'm a total stranger. I do my best to avoid getting into small talk with people when I need them to just concentrate on their task and get done what needs to be done. But a few times that I've engaged them back, every time they've shut down. I was in a transaction with a bank teller, and from the other tellers talking, I could tell the forced, so how's your day, was just that. So um, I answered her question truthfully, and she stopped eye contact and only said the closing salutation to send me away. This morning, an attendant inside the mini-mart commented on the weather, and since I'd gone to this location to see what's changed inside, I started talking about a report I just heard, and this guy's hands went in his pockets, and he just backed up and leaned against the counter and stopped looking at me. I hope there is nothing wrong with me, only them. Oh, so I thought this person was going to give me a theory about the uh, airline. See, this is what happens when I read old emails. Um, Okay. Jen, I've listened for a while. I found your podcast while my son was in the hospital. Oh, I listened to Decompress at Night to begin with. And now that the crazy crisis of my life has passed, uh, P-A-S-T is not the right spelling. It's P-A-S-S-E-D. It is past. 
in the past would be P-A-S-T. Sorry, guys, I'm correcting your spelling as I go. And my son is recovered. I listen to you while I drive, clean the kitchen, or anything else that I can do with headphones on. FYI, my son has recovered 98%, which is more than I could have hoped for. I'm so nosy, I must know what happened. But she didn't tell me. Um, she says, with reference to your jewelry line, I think it's ahead of its time for your fan base. The design, uh, design it yourself concept is hard to wrap the mind around. I'm not insulting your fan base. I'm saying many are not technologically set beyond Amazon or YouTube. Maybe it's my Midwestern lifestyle. I don't know about that. I think my listenership is probably pretty young, um, but the uh, the necklace line is over. Again, these are old emails I've been saving for a while. Ah, oh, Jesus, Jen, why do I do that? All right, here's someone with an annoying coworker. I just listened to your episode where you discussed the frustration of being asked, how's your day going so far? Here's something I hate even more. There is a guy that works in my office, and every morning, every morning, when he sees me, he asks... What do you know today? I literally dread seeing this guy for this reason only. He asks me this and expects an answer every day. He is literally demanding I tell him trivia or something he doesn't otherwise know or for me to enlighten him in some way. Oh, is that what that means? I thought that was just like a a way of greeting. But he's literally asking, what do you know today? I tried saying absolutely nothing for weeks straight, and it did not once discourage him. I've tried saying I know everything, and he still didn't get it. One time I made a joke as he asked me because I had just gotten off a particularly frustrating phone call and he screwed up his face and said, I don't know what you're talking about. My answer wasn't good enough for him. How do I give this guy the fucking hint that I am not his personal factoid repository? Thank you, Bridget. You know, I don't have, I don't have the same take as you. I mean, you're the one that knows him, so you're probably right, obviously, but I take it as, you know what I'm basing it on? There's an episode of Sex in the City where Aiden moves in with Carrie and it's annoying her because he's always around because secretly she's not in love with him and they break up. As you know, she ends up with Mr. Big. But at that time, she doesn't know that she's not in love with him and she's just annoyed with someone in her space and who wouldn't be they live in a small place in New York City. So she goes out with her friends and she's like, it's so annoying. He's always there. And whenever I walk in, he starts talking. I need time alone in my own head when I walk in the door at the end of the day. And I walk in and he's like, what do you know? What do you know? What's going on? And I'm like, so when I watched that episode, I didn't go like Aiden's asking her for trivia. It's like his colloquial, colloquial way of saying, what's up? So I assume, don't you think, Aaron, that that guy is doing that? Or do you think he's really asking her for facts? No, I'd assume he's... he's- doing it to ask how, like, how you doing? Yeah. You know, which is a terrible greeting. I what do you know today? Yeah. yeah. Like what's happened so far? Does he wear a monocle while he does this? Ah, that or, would be delightful. Yeah. Or a bowler hat. I would like that. If yeah. he's like, no, literally I need to know. Cause I'm from, I have time travel. <laughs> yeah. Where <laughs> and am I? Show me a newspaper and prove. So I don't know, Bridget, I, I feel like I'm being, I feel like I am, well, I feel like I'm uh, invalidating you by saying I don't see it the same way, but I wonder if you could just pretend, because you do seem offended that he wants his information from you, if you could maybe pretend that he's just saying what's up and be just go, well, you did say that you say not much. I mean, I guess he's never going to change, but could you ask him and say, hey, this is dumb. You've been saying this for years. Are you really asking me for like, info like tidbits like something i read this morning or what is that expression where did that come from like maybe just ask him and see what he says and if he's like no i'm really asking if you have any information you could go 
okay. And don't be like that stupid because it's hard to be that bold. But just just for yourself to know and maybe just maybe um, by, you know, the fact that you called it out, he'll feel self-conscious. Usually these people do not have a self-conscious bone in their body. So I would not actually think that that's going to go well. But But if you take my advice and you do it, would you please write me back? And I promise I won't take so long to get back to you all at I seem fun podcast. Um, I seem fun podcast at gmail.com. Um, anyway, this is going to be the last email we read before we sign off. Uh, I love these bad massage story. My husband and I seen you twice in Seattle. Okay. Blah, blah, blah. Um, I've been meaning to write to you about an experience of the massage therapist I had, but I just never take the time to write you. Well, I appreciate that you did and that I'm reading it four months later. Anyway, it happened about one year ago at a spa in Palm Desert. Since it was at a fancy spa, it was really expensive, and I expected a sort of zen experience. Instead, the massage therapist was a woman, probably somewhere in her 50s. She seemed sort of rushed, and she talked to me the entire time. She began by talking about why she likes living in the desert, that she's really a singer, and she's tried out for The Voice twice. Of course, I felt like I was being rude if I didn't inquire about the singing, so I asked what kind of music. It turns out that her absolute favorite band is Journey, and she does a lot of Journey cover songs. She asked if I had ever seen them in concert, and I said that I had in the 80s. She got completely excited and couldn't believe that I got to see Steve Perry live. At that point, the massage was definitely not her first priority, and she just wanted to talk about Steve Perry. The other main issue was that she had really bad breath. I found myself trying to stop breathing through my nose anytime her head came close to me because I knew it would smell so bad. That's so disgusting because breathing through your mouth means that you're also breathing in her breath. Anyway, in hindsight, it was just seems like such a goofy situation, and it definitely wasn't what I was expecting from the spa. Well, I hope she gets on The Voice singing her Steve Perry songs. Who knows? No, it's not goofy. It's fucking annoying. You're paying a lot of money, and... You should have passed. I hate when people say you should have. It would have been funny if you passive aggressively said, oh, well, then if you're a singer, you must have to rest your voice a lot. Um, good thing you have a job where you don't have to talk all day like this because people just want to relax, you know, something like that. But see, someone like that would go, no, I love talking. People talk and we talk. No. They're never going to fucking get it. Ah, I just spilled all over myself. God damn it. God damn it. All right, well, I'm going to end there because I got to get the fuck out of here. Um, this is a weird ending to an episode. I'm, there's going to be, I'm going to stick something else onto this episode. I know that sounds weird, but um, there's going to be following this um, about 10 or 15 minutes from a live show that I'm doing coming up, and you'll get to hear some new thoughts being worked out that hopefully might end up as some stand up. They probably won't, but they would be good podcast topics anyway. So I will. Probably stick that on the end of this episode and you will have that to listen to and enjoy. So I will say for now, until next week, have fun. And uh, there'll probably be more to this episode. Until next week, have fun. Until the next second, have fun. Hey there, how you doing? Are you good? Do you hate that you have to say you're good because you feel like you're lying? And you're like, well, I'm not bad, but there's a lot going on. But I'm not just going to tell you that in the hallway at work, but who do I tell? You tell a therapist. No, I don't need to go to therapy. It's not like I was, you know, had trauma as a child. My, my parents were nice and I went to a good school. No, 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 no. I don't need therapy. I just 
don't know. I'm just having a lot of trouble standing up for myself at work, and I'm I'm not communicating with my partner very well. We're, we're we're nitpicking at each other, and I'm just I'm just wondering what I'm just wondering what I'm supposed to do with the rest of my life. Yeah, no, that is something a therapist can help you with. Are you serious? Yes. It's not about like you had all this deep trauma. I mean, if you did, obviously we know you go to a therapist for that. But first of all, there's no judgments from a therapist. So you can go and be like, I just need help with a problem at work. And then once you start talking, you're like, oh, my whole life has been a lie and I need to talk about more things. No judgment. That's what therapists are there for. You're just opening the door to some conversations about how you can live a happier and healthier life. And here's the deal. You don't have to have amazing health insurance or health insurance at all. And you don't have to have this big giant window of free time where you can drive around to a therapist. This is why I love our sponsor, Talkspace. Talkspace.com slash Jen. You can go there right now and you can read about all of the amazing benefits of using Talkspace. It's like having a therapist in your pocket because you can use it on your phone. You can use it on your computer. You can get matched with a licensed therapist. There's over 2000 choices and you can message them whenever you need to. It's, it's easy again. And you get $45 off of your first month. If you use code Jen, that is for 35, that is $35 off your first month. That is $45 off of your first month. And to show your support, for this show. Okay. Having a therapist simply provides you a designated person that you can talk to who is trained to listen and help you make positive changes. All you need is a computer with internet connection or the Talkspace mobile app. You can improve your mental health, even if you've had trouble making time for it in the past. Talkspace is therapy for how we live today. Talkspace.com slash Jen, J-E-N, and then use code Jen at checkout to get $45 off of your first month. Get to it. These concepts are so good, but I'm like, I don't have the jokes for them yet. But again, that's what the show is about. (laughs) And the jokes aren't, you're going to be like, well, but then you're not going to do the jokes. But something about me saying it out loud, like tonight, I'll be like, oh, that would have been a funny joke. Uh, You'll see. I'll call you. Give give me your number. Um, (laughs) My parents, when I was little, like freaked me the fuck out about everything. So they were like, I don't, okay. They gave me my social security card when I was 12, which is literally, does anyone here have their actual social security card, the original by round of applause? You do. So you're all older than 12. How did you keep it this long? Did you, did you, do you have it in a safe or? You do? You really have it in a safe? You are very like, you're like, yes, I would not. Um, now, I thought it was cool to put it in my wallet because you don't need a wallet when you're 12, but I had a really cool like Velcro wallet. And I just, I've always wanted to be an adult, but not for fun reasons. Like I can drive and drink. I was like, I want a wallet and I want to do taxes and I want a job where I sit at a desk. Like I just always wanted to be grown up, but for the most boring fucking reasons, I don't know why. So I was like, I'm going to put that in my wallet and it's going to, where the ID should be, which I didn't have one yet. It's going to, that fun little social security, like logo, like, and I'm just going to show everyone, like I carry my card on me because I can be trusted. And my mother gave it to me. was like, if you lose it, you lose it. My mom's from Boston. Oh, smiling, never happy. Um, she said, if you lose it, you lose your identity. And she basically said, you can never get another one. And 
It wasn't even like you can never get another copy of the card, so you better write down the number. It was like, you won't be able to prove you're an American citizen who exists. So if that was true, why would you give the card to a child who's like, I'm going to put this in my wallet and bring it to school? But I was like, holy shit. Like, I couldn't... I absolutely believed her. I put it in my wallet. I carried it around. I had it until 10 years ago, and I lost it. And I was like... I don't exist. And I was 33 years old telling people like I had to go to the DMV for something once and they were like, bring back up or like you have a job and they want your social security card to make a car or something. And I was like tossing and turning in my sleep. Like how will I ever explain tomorrow that like, I don't exist. Oh my God. I just made a mistake last year. I can't believe it. And I told someone like, I know I I don't exist and it, but this really is the number. And they're like, what do you mean you don't exist? I'm like, well, because I lost my social security card. They're like, but the number is still attached to you. And I'm like, I don't think so. I think when you, because I can't prove it. So, and they're like, but what does that mean? If we call, if there's a building to call, social security building, you go, here's the number. I almost said it. Here's the number, which would be fine, but I'm recording this. I might put it somewhere. Like, so that would be weird. Uh, so here's the number. By the way, you're so depressed that I'm recording it. But I have a shitty podcast, and sometimes I throw live shit up on there, so that's why I'm recording it. Don't be like, oh, what is she going to do with this? I know. Um, I really thought they go zero to whatever, and then here's the number, and they go that. Does, like, somehow they would know I lost the actual card. And then I just really, like, it unraveled all the things my parents have told me my whole life that, that like, if you lose your social security, you don't exist. And, like, there was... um. I guess that was, you. oh, if you lose your birth certificate, then you don't exist. I didn't know you could just call and get copies of things because back then these things, my social security card was typed out like it's typewritten letters. Someone put a card that size in a typewriter and was like, so it looks like you can't reproduce it, but the number exists somewhere. So you would just these days print one or so I don't know what you would do. I still never got it back because I didn't know who to call, but um, I know the number by heart. So that is good. My birth certificate, I also lost because I brought it to a show once to show the younger audience how shitty and dumb they look because it looks like someone just put a paper in and typed it and it was all like the paper was all yellow. I'm like, this is how fucking old I am. And then I left it in the green room somewhere. So um, I don't technically exist. Um, Oh, but so, so whenever something happens like that to me, I get... As my therapist says, if it's hysterical, it's historical. So if you're freaking out about something, it doesn't mean that it's all about what's happening in that moment. It's like triggering something from the past. And so I don't have any real trauma. I just have dumb shit like that that my mom said. And so I I have this shame about losing things that like people will find out who I really am. So like I was staying in an Airbnb in New York for a month for this this job I had. And the girl there's very strict like trash laws in New York that I don't obey at all. Like they're like, you cannot put your trash out on the street when it's on a trash day. I'm like, but there's bugs. So like, I'm so terrified of seeing a bug or a mouse that if I, let's say I ordered a pizza and there was crust left in the box, I throw it in a trash bag and I just put that out on the sidewalk. Like it cannot stay in the garbage. And so I, and, and the woman who I was renting the Airbnb from was like, you cannot do the garbage wrong. Like it's, it's a whole, I don't, she didn't really say why, but in my head, I made up that she gets fined and they knock on her door and they're like, 
you have to move. I, I just thought like it's really bad. I'll like ruin her life if I, in the name of her, put something that's wrong in the trash bag or whatever. So when I was clearing out of the apartment to go to the airport, I had a trash bag that I was mixing the recycling with food. Sorry. And um, I, I didn't know what I panicked and I, I brought it outside and I, and I put it in the neighbor's lawn clipping bin. <laughs> and I thought nobody will ever fucking know who did this. I've walked with a trash bag to the subway and put it in the subway trash that the subway trash is not a big open bin. It's like the hole is that big and I'm jamming it in and people are looking at me jamming a giant trash bag at like seven in the morning and it looks like I probably murdered someone, but I'm like, I just have a bug phobia and it's not trash day in my neighborhood. So anyway, so keep that in mind. So I'm packing. I usually pack the night before I try to be all perfect about it so that I wake up the next day and I just grab my things and I go. And I remember taking a last look around. I left the keys in the bowl. I go to the airport. I get to the airport. I'm checking in. I'm like, Oh, I don't have my ID. Hang on. <laughs> I'm sure it's right in here. And I just, I call it Courtney loving your purse. It's when you just get on the floor and dump the purse out and you're just going through it like, it's here somewhere. And like, I just was doing that. And they were like, ma'am, can you move over? I'm like, no, because I'm going to have it. And, and like, it made me so mad because I was like, okay, if I had just stood there digging in my purse, they wouldn't go, can you move over for the next person? That's a socially acceptable thing to do is like, keep your purse on and dig. But the minute you get on the ground and dump it out, it's like, oh, can you move over? I'm like, no, this is a time when I actually can't move over. And they have it backwards in that sense. If you're standing there digging through your purse, you can move over and do that. But once you've dumped it on the ground and you're squatting, you can't move over. It's extra humiliating to just push a pile of shit into the, and I was first class, so I'm pushing it into lower class or whatever it is. And I'm, and I'm, I didn't pay for the flight. It was a job thing. And so I move it over. And then, um, I have to say that because I fear people won't buy tickets to things if they think I'm rich. Is that crazy? And other, because my fans, not you guys, but in general, the people that like me, they police me. Uh, Cause there's a lot of young liberal socialist types, which I feel I am, but I'm not young. I am liberal and socialist, but people don't believe me because I also love money. And so people are like, I'm like, well, I want it to be fair, but I also want to be hugely rich. Like I want free health care and also be rich. And I also want to not, I also want to give a lot of money to charity, but also because I have four times that amount of money that I'm going to use for fun things. And so, but there's a thing when you're younger and you're more pure of soul that you think that's bad. And I'm like, wait till you're older. Because basically every moment of your life is going, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I know I'm going to die. And I try to be comfortable every second. So like, if you see me writing with a sparkly pen, it's not because I'm fun. It's because I look at the pen and go, I'm going to die. Oh, sparkles. Like every minute has to be like, I look at my hands. Oh, these rings are fun. Everything is just soothe myself until that moment when I take my last breath. And since they don't tell you in advance when that is, I must be soothed constantly. And so, um, and it's weird because I enjoy some wine, but the wine doesn't soothe me. And so I'm grateful for that because I don't want to have more problems, but it's weird shit. Like I have really nice stationery because I'm going to die. If that makes sense. Um, so what was I getting at? So I, so, so I said that, th- so I don't, the reason I told you about the flight was paid for is true, but also I'm, I live in fear because I've had people tweet me, um, I'm not buying your books. You've made enough money. I'm like, you have no idea 
that that's not true. Like it's not true at all. And, um, not even not true. Like I want more, but like it's, they probably make more money. It's just one of those things. Just because someone's on TV doesn't mean they're rich. So anyway, um, except for the rich people that are on TV. So, um, but even then, but I have other people's fans who are like, you know, like um, Drake. Is it Drake? I got, I started, okay, I'm going to say it wrong. Started at the bottom and now we're here. Is it I started at the bottom and now I'm here or no? It's we started. It's just started at the bottom. No, like I or we. Okay. Started at the bottom and now we're here. Got it. <laughs> so the fans are like, that's fucking amazing. You're rich. Like, we'll give you more money. Like, keep it up. And then if I do anything, they're like, Bernie Sanders doesn't want you to have money. And I'm like, I don't want to hear about that guy one more fucking time. And so, oh, and I used to love him. I was a crazy person. Okay. So my point is that I have to, um, I don't, I want some of the, I want the Kardashian fans. I want people who are like, please get rich. I never will do it. Here's all my money. Like, just give me like, I want to be a televangelist. Like, just give me all your money. You're not going to use it. Okay. So anyway, I'm on the ground with the purse spilled open and I'm in a panic cause I can't find my ID. And I, the reality is I won't be able to get on the plane without it, but I actually don't know further from that, how any of this works. Like, like I'm in LA I live in LA, but I'm in New York and I lose my ID. I actually literally have no idea. Like, would I leave the airport and just never go back home? Would I have to call a police officer? I literally don't know. The last thing that dawns on me is like, maybe tell someone at the airport and ask them what the protocol is. So instead I'm on the ground and all I'm thinking is where could my license have been? And I'm like, well, I remember taking it out so I could put it somewhere specific so I wouldn't lose it. And then I couldn't remember what I'd do with it because my memory fails me sometimes because I always have 90 things going on in my head. And so I was like, oh, my God, I put it in the trash bag with the food and the recycling that shouldn't be together in the lawn trimming box that shouldn't be there either. And I must come clean because I texted the Airbnb woman. I'm like, hey, I just left. Everything's good. (laughs) My ID, I left it at your house. She's like, I'll be home in 30 minutes. I'll look for it. I'm like, but that's the thing. I don't it's not on it's. I know where it is. And I, um, here's the thing. And I'm like, can you talk right now? She's like, no, I actually am at, like, she was at brunch. It was like 9am. Not even brunch. She was like, I'm, you know, still sleeping. And I'm like, I need to get on the phone. I was like, it's too much to text. Cause, and, and she was like, what? And I'm like, so I get on the phone with her. I'm like, here's the deal. I have a bug phobia. Okay. And you're going to get home and you're going to try to look for it. But I'd be so basically I was like, I need to get back to the house. I wanted to look for it myself. And I like, here's what I was going to plan to do. I was going to take a later flight. I was going to come back to the place, meet her and go, I think I left it in the bedroom, throw her off. And then I'd go outside in the front and get it out of the the sinister trash that I'm not supposed to be doing. And then I'd go, it was on the floor, on the sidewalk, on the floor of the sidewalk. I can't believe it. What an honest neighborhood. It was there the whole time. I really was, she goes, there's this thing called Uber, you left your shit here. Like, she was basically like, I'll go home, look for it, and I'll put the ID in an Uber and send it to the airport. I'm like, you can't! I have to look myself or I'll never forgive myself. And she was like, but if you know where you left it, because she was like, you sounded so confident in your text, like, I left my ID at the house. And I was like, I'm not actually, I, I need to look around. And she's like, well, it's a one bedroom, and there's not many places you could have left it. I'm like, ah! So then I'm like, can you get on the phone? So then I'm like, 
as I'm talking to her, I have three suitcases. Something in my head goes, open the suitcases. And my, I say back to my head, I didn't put my ID in a suitcase. And my head goes, you don't know what you did because you don't know where it is. And my head goes, no, I'm pretty sure it's in the trash. And then my other mind goes, maybe you're just trying to shame yourself because this is historical because you're on the ground crying. Now you're crying with your purse open and everyone's looking at you. And you want to say, I'm actually in first class, so it's not that bad. And so then... Um, I call her and I'm like, so I put the pizza box and the recycling and the food and, the, and it's in the, um, and it's in the, and I find my ID in the suitcase. I'm like, it's in the recycling, which I recycled last week. So anyway, yeah, basically great. And she was like, what? And I was like, just don't look in the neighbor's trash. And she goes, why would I do that? I go, I don't know why. And I was like, if you see a sitcom where someone's behaving that way, you're like, this don't insult my intelligence. No one acts this way. I was acting that way. I literally was like Donald Trump with Robert Mueller. Like, don't look at my finances. (laughs) And then she texted me later and said, if you put something in the neighbor's thing, it's okay. And I felt such shame and it was like pouring out of my, cause like, you know, they have Wi-Fi on planes now and you can look at texts and like, sometimes they just come in and I'm sitting there and I'm like, Oh, it just, and I just had to, and then I didn't know if she saw it or she, so I couldn't lie. I'm like, I did. I'm so sorry. She's like, it's okay. You were leaving in a hurry. You didn't know. I'm like, I didn't know. And I like, I did know, but I just acted like I didn't know. I saw a bin and, And she was like, it's totally fine. Like, I'll just take care of it for you. I was like, thanks. And I just felt like, I don't know how to explain it. But um, I felt like there has to be a better system for if you lose something. Like, there's got to be signs everywhere so no one has to go through what I went through. That was like, because they have signs everywhere. That's like, if you see something, say something. Or like, emergency earthquake evacuation area or tornado. Which is, if you've ever been down south, like, all the bathrooms in like Atlanta say emergency tornado evacuation area. And it's like, it's bad enough. There's a tornado, but like you have to go to the women's bathroom in an airport. I'm sure it's for, if you're already in the airport, I don't think it's like kids, we have to drive to the airport and get in the bathroom. Like, I don't think that's what it means, but I could be wrong. So I just feel like there's like, if you lose your ID, don't go to a place where you regress to when you're 12. And you know, it's like, just tell us and we'll tell you the next steps. But they're, she didn't say, she didn't offer any information at the booth. She wasn't like, or at the thing, wherever you stand and talk to someone. She wasn't like, oh, there's a protocol for that. She was like, I'm sure you'll find it. I'm like, I won't. I know myself. And then I got back to her and I was like, I found it. She's like, I guess you don't know yourself. I'm like, I do. And I got so defensive. Like, I'm in therapy. And I was like, but I don't know. I don't have a, that should have lasted a lot longer. Okay. So, um, So that story just ended there, but there was a half hour more of stuff I did at my live shows at the Hollywood Improv called Lab Test, where I just work out new stuff. I just babble, babble. And sometimes it's just a night of storytelling of like, here's what happened this week, and it never becomes material, but it's always a super fun show. I hopefully will be doing more this year, but again, I just don't know my schedule when I'm in LA, blah, blah, blah. But um, I just couldn't let the episode end on that and then go straight into the Stooges' No Fun um, which is the, and it just, that's the, the song that we always play at the end of the episode. 
if you didn't know that, now you can buy the song. I don't get any money from it, but uh, how fun is that? No fun. At the end of the podcast, I seem fun. Oh my God, how did I think of it? I am so creative. Good thing I'm in the arts, right, people? I hope you enjoyed. I liked this um, sort of leftovers episode. And um, don't forget, tickets are on sale to see me in London. On June 22nd, I'll be at the Leicester Square Theater Friday night. I'll have a little bit of new stuff for you, but it's mostly like a big greatest hits, but it's going to be really fun. And I have some people coming to see me that if they don't see me do well, then they're not going to buy this project from me. And if you could really come and help a girl out, I kept the ticket prices down. It's 15 pounds. Thank you. Please come. JenKirkman.com slash tour dates. You can buy it. Again, if you're feeling like being little proactive, little busy bees up there in Burlington, Vermont, I would get tickets for my shows at the... um, Vermont Comedy Club. You can go on the website, my website, jenkirkman.com, click tour dates, and get those tickets now. It's a small place, and I am doing five shows, but, you know, overall, I think um, maybe seats 150 people a show. So, you know, don't wait. Don't sleep on it, as they say. And uh, so that's it. Until next week, have fun. <laughs>